actually want to speak tonight, and I'm not going to speak very long because we still have other things to do and just enjoy a bit of fellowship, but I've had this on my heart for some time, and the Lord has just grown it for me, and uh, I want to speak about destiny, mm. and um, Destiny, according to the Webster's Dictionary, is the predetermined or inevitable course of events mm -hmm. considered beyond the power or control of people. Actually, that definition is the same as fatalism, because it's beyond our control. It's mm -hmm. something that we don't have control over. But I want to make a statement and say that that is not the biblical view of destiny. The Bible does not teach fatalism. Why? Because man has a choice. We have a choice. Jesus died for the whole world. I want to read very well-known scripture. I love this scripture. There are many scriptures I love, but this one, one of my favorites. And it's from John 3, verse 13. No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. That tells you that before Jesus came, no one has actually gone to heaven. And you will say, oh, but what about Elijah? He went up with a carriage to heaven. Mm. What about Moses? Mm. Well, maybe they went to paradise. Not to heaven. Because here it says, no one's ever gone to heaven except the Son of Man who came from heaven. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Just imagine that. God did not send his son to condemn the world. But we always condemn the world, don't we? Yeah. But he did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in the name of God's only son, he stands condemned already. Not by God, but by the fact that he refused, refused to believe. So there are people today saying that, well, God died for the whole world, he reconciled the whole world unto himself, and therefore all people are saved. Is that true? No. No, what is needed? Whoever believes. So faith is needed to be saved. You have to believe in Jesus. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is 
the life. So, whoever believes in him, whoever, that's so easy to be saved. Whoever. But there has to be a moment when you believe. And then it says that God in his omniscience has known you. He's known you before, whilst you were in your mother's womb, even before you were created. He's known you. He has predetermined plans for you. Ephesians 2.10 says, You are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do those good works which He prepared in advance for you to do. So how is it that that this predestination then works? You are not predestined to be saved. That means it's not like a daisy. He loves me, he loves me not. I'm saved, I'm not. I'm saved, I'm not. It doesn't work like that. He died for the whole world and whoever believes is saved. But once you believed, a supernatural destiny came into being. A supernatural destiny. A supernatural plan that God has planned for you before the foundation <coughs> of the world. And I want to immediately make a difference between destiny and calling. And I'm not speaking about calling. I want to speak about destiny tonight. And calling and destiny Calling and destiny is not the same. Calling is a personal calling. We know from Ephesians 4 verse 9 that there are gifts given to the body of Christ, the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. They are given for the perfecting of the saints. That's the fivefold ministry. We know from Romans that we, there are different gifts that have been given to people. Some have the gift to teach, others have the gift of exhortation, others have the gift of giving, others have the gift of hospitality. And whatever is your gifting, is it, that, is your, that will work in your calling. But, but what I want to speak about is your destiny. And I want to tell you that don't ever try to fulfill your calling unless you have an understanding of your destiny. Understand your destiny and you will understand your calling. And I believe Holy Spirit wants you to revel <coughs> in the destiny that He has for you. You are important to Him. Part of your destiny is the new covenant. He has predestined you to be a child of God. He has predestined you. He chose you. Revel in that destiny that he has for you. He has sworn, God has sworn by himself, 
Father, Son, Holy Spirit, through the work of the cross, that he will never, 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 ever bring up again your sins, or remember your sins, or deal with you according to your sins, or according to your sinful behavior. Never. Does he suffer from memory loss? No. Why won't he bring it up? Because your sins, first of all, the sin you inherited as a human being because you were born in Adam naturally. You are born a sinner and you sin because you are a sinner. You do wrong things because, first of all, you are a sinner. That sin and your wrong behavior, all your sins, were punished in the body of Jesus Christ on the cross and he shed his blood for you so that you can be free and he bought your freedom. He bought your freedom and his blood washed away your sins and he recreated you and he made you a new creature in Christ Jesus. That is your destiny. A new creature in Christ Jesus. A new humanity. You belong to a new humanity. Don't go and live in the old stuff. Don't direct your life according to the old stuff. Live in the new creature that you are. Do those good works which he predestined for you and planned for you beforehand. For you as a person. But know that you are a new creature in Christ Jesus and you, your sins are washed away by the blood of Jesus. If God had to bring up what you did 10 years ago, if he had to bring up what happened in the generation before and why you are cursed, if he had to do that, he will dishonor the work of the cross that Jesus did for you. Do you think that he will dishonor his son? Mm. Never, 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 never will he do that. Are there natural consequences to wrong behavior? Yeah. Yes, yes there are. Did he bring it to pass? No. no. Is he there to deliver you? Yes. Yes, why? Because he loves you. Because he's your savior. He's your friend. He's your brother. He's your father. And he loves you. And there's one revelation that he wants you to live by. And that is the fact that he loves you unconditionally. Yeah. Get that. Get that once and for all. <laughs> Get it. He loves you unconditionally. Whether you perform good, whether you perform bad, who has children? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if your child disbehaves, or if your dogs disbehave, <laughs> do you stop loving them? No. 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 So why do you think that your father 
Love will be changed because of your behavior. Isn't that ridiculous to think that? When we don't even do it in the natural. So what is this great destiny that he has for us? I'm going to speak from Ephesians regarding that. And number one, your destiny. Can everyone see this? Yeah. You are chosen. Yeah. Yes. Ephesians 1 verse 4 says, You are chosen to be in That is your new identity. That is your destiny. In him. That is your standing. In him. That is your character. In him. That is your personality. In him. That is the fruit of the spirit. In him. That is who you are. In him. Accepted. In him. Loved. In him. Dealt with. In him. You don't, yes, I have an identity. Yes, I have a personality. Yes, I'm an individual. Yes, I'm important to God as an individual. But he deals with me according <coughs> to my character in him because I received his righteousness. That is my destiny to be in him. Yeah. Not outside of him. Don't go and see yourself outside of him. Don't go and focus on your own imperfection. Don't focus on how you've missed it. Focus on who you are in him. That is destiny. That is who you are in him. 1 John. Verse 17 says, This, this is how love is made complete among us. So that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Confidence on the day of judgment. How do we know we will have confidence on the day of judgment? We are like Jesus. You are like Jesus. Not in heaven. Now, yes. in this world, you are like Jesus. I don't feel like that. Too bad. Believe it. Believe it. Believe it. This is how love has been made perfect. You are like Jesus. That 
is your destiny. You are like Jesus. You've been set apart from other people. You are like him. Do you believe that? then it says in verse 18 there is no fear where in love there is no fear in love because perfect love casts out because his love is perfect for us. When do you love? In him. In love. Because he is love. That's where you live. In him. And perfect love drives out, drives it out. all fear. <coughs> Why are you afraid? You're somehow afraid you're going to be judged. And when judgment comes, you're not going to make it. You're somehow afraid that you're not going to be perfect. You're somehow afraid that you're not going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Of experience has told us that you are in love. You are in him. You are in this world like he is. Now do you for one moment think, do you for one moment think that you're not going to make it on the day of judgment? <laughs> what more do you want? How perfect do you want to be? If his perfection is not enough, what do you want? Yeah. His perfection is enough. Yes. Because he took the punishment for your sin on him. He took your misconduct. He took the punishment for that on him. So what punishment remains? None. 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 So why are you afraid of judgment, Dave? We have confidence in the day of judgment because we are like Jesus. And the question I want to know is, do you believe the love he has for you? You didn't earn it. You definitely didn't deserve it. You are saved by grace. Unearned, unmerited favor through believing. And you know, even your believing is a gift of God. Even that is the gift of God. So it says in Ephesians 1 verse 4, He chose us to be holy and blameless. In sight. Holy and blameless in his sight. When he looks at you, 
sees you holy. What is holy mean? Set apart unto him. You are set apart unto him. You belong to him. You're not like the rest of the world. You are set apart because you chose to believe. You're set apart from all animals. You are set apart. You did not come from a chimpanzee. <laughs> you are set apart. You are set apart from angelic hosts. What is man that God is mindful of him? You're above them. They've come to serve angels. my calling to prepare the bride of Christ so that they can be without spot and without blemish. Mm-hmm. So since when did the bride of Christ get spot or blemish? Where does the spot and the blemish come from? Who is the bride of Christ? Yes. Those who mm-hmm. believed. Mm-hmm. Who do they look like? Jesus. Jesus. We have no spots and we have no blemishes. In Him. In Him. Not on your own. In Him. You are perfect. You are set apart. Holy and blameless. And then, good news, Ephesians 1, verse 5, says that he has predestined you for adoption (laughs) to sonship. You are predestined to be a son. No gender. (laughs) The Greek for predestined is prodizo, and it means to mark out beforehand. You were marked out beforehand, or you were chosen beforehand. Who? Those who believe in Christ Jesus. When? Before the creation of the world. You were chosen. You were marked out and set apart to be adopted. The Greek word for that is hyothesia. And it means sons by placement. Sons by placement. You know, adoption is not like we think of adoption. I mean, early days very a long time ago in South Africa, I think maybe here as well, if you were an adopted child, you had no rights. You had no right of inheritance from your adopted parents because you didn't um, share in the bloodline. Mm. You had absolutely no rights. Mm. Law has subsequently changed in South Africa, mm. and I know here <laughs> as well. Uh, if it ever was a law, I'm not sure. So adoption 
is not like natural adoption. It is placement as sons. Mm. Where? In heaven. Before God, we are placed as sons, predestined to be adopted, to be placed as his sons. See, it says in, in um, 1 John 3 verse 1, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. John 1 verse 12 to 13 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That word there for children in both instances is the word technon. And it refers to normal children by birth or by supernatural birth, born of God. But it doesn't mean placement as sons. And in Galatians 3, <coughs> we see how it comes into what it actually means to be placed as a son. And we see that in Galatians 3, Paul is explaining that mankind is sinners and shut up and imprisoned by sin so that the inheritance which was promised through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to all who believe in him. And before faith came, the law, the law is the Ten Commandments and all its rules and regulations. And everything that you do in order to be accepted yeah. by God. Beautiful handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> that is the law. Because people say, well, I, you know, I'm a Gentile. I was never under the law. I never went to church, so I don't know about the law everything that you do in order to be accepted by God mm. falls under that category. And it says in the Bible, it says in Galatians 3 and 4, it says that this law, in this case the Ten Commandments, served as a trainer. What did it train them to do? What did it do? It kept them in sin. Kept them in sin. Until Christ came. <coughs> Until. Very important word. That we might be justified by faith. So I just want to read Galatians 4, verse 1 to 7 in the Amplified, and then I'll explain it more. Now what I mean is this, that as long as the heir is a child and under age, he does not differ from a slave, although he is the master of all the estate. 
but he's under guardians and administrators until the date fixed by his father. So we Jewish Christians, also when we were minors or were infants, were kept like slaves under the rules of the Hebrew ritual and laws to the elementary teachings of a system of external observation and regulation. But when the proper time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born subject to the law, to purchase the freedom of those who were subject to the law, that we might be adopted and have sonship conferred upon us. And because we are really his sons, God sent the Holy Spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, therefore... You are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then it follows that you are an heir of God. You are an heir of God. So the child, in Galatians 4 verse 1, the Greek word there is nepios. But son is huios, and that means full, mature, sonship. And that is what we have. We have been predestined in Christ to be sons, to be placed before God as mature sons worthy of receiving, qualified to receive the full inheritance that has been prepared for us. Amen. You are qualified. You are a son. You have, you have received and you can receive the full inheritance that has been set apart for you. All the attributes of being a son has been imparted to you. You look like him. You carry his image. You glory carriers. You yes. sang that just now. You glory carriers. Yes. You fire carriers. You God carriers. You Holy Spirit carriers. That is who you are. That is your destiny. You are qualified to receive an inheritance. You are qualified to be a son of God, a mature child of God that can receive anything and everything that he has planned for you and which has been reserved for you in heaven. That makes it worth it. Cry out. Abba Father, that is the spirit that you have received. Not the spirit of condemnation, not the spirit of rejection, not the spirit of the past. You are saved. That is who you are. Galatians 4 verse 21, Paul asks the question, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? You who want to be under the law, don't you know what the law says? 
And then he explains that Abraham had two sons. Ishmael, who was the mother of Ishmael? Hagar. Hagar. A slave woman. That he took because Sarah suggested to him, take this woman because I can't give you a child. And so Abram, Ishmael then, <coughs> was born, the Bible says, according to the flesh. And the flesh means <coughs> self-effort. Yeah. Now Abraham was <coughs> 86 years old at the time that Ishmael was born. And I think for the times that we live in, maybe 86 is, looks a little bit older than, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but the point is this, Abram was well able to do whatever was necessary so that Ishmael can be born. He was well able physically for Ishmael to be born by the will of man. <coughs> he was born by the will of man. And the Bible says that this is the covenant of Mount Sinai. And it corresponds to the present-day city of Jerusalem at the time mm -hmm. where the law was practiced. And then it says the law puts you into slavery. But Isaac, he was born of the free woman. Who was she? Sarah. 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 How old was Abram now? <laughs> Romans 4 says he was just about a hundred. And it says that he was just about dead. <laughs> <laughs> There was no ability at this age to bring forth Isaac. Yeah. No ability. No. He was just no. about dead. <laughs> Romans 4. <laughs> so Isaac was born of promise. promise. Yeah. Yeah. And this covenant covenant of Mount Zion and it is the Jerusalem which is above and Isaac's birth was completely supernatural by promise mm -hmm. and my question to you tonight is who is your mother yes who's your mother 
Are you born of the Spirit? Are you of the covenant of Mount Zion? But have you returned to the slavery of Mount Sinai in your walk with God? Are you walking the walk with God according to the principles of Mount Sinai? Or are you walking your walk of God according to the principles of Mount Zion? Because that is where you are from. And which mother have you chosen? Because you were born of the Spirit. You were born of God. You are a child of God. You have been adopted, predestined to be adopted. To be placed before God as a mature son, completely qualified to receive your inheritance. And now you have reverted to menial, meager, natural things in order to please him and to say, Oh Lord, help me to please you. Do you know what is pleasing to him? Living by faith in the finished work of Christ is pleasing to him. Amen. Amen. That is how we please our Father. That is how we fulfill the destiny. There is no doubt I'm going to meet my destiny because I don't have to work for it. I am going to arrive. And you know what Paul says? What did Paul receive at the end of his life? According to 2 Timothy 3, he says, I am ready to die. I'm ready for my life to be poured out. I have run the race. I have fought the fight of Faith, yeah. he says, I am ready to receive what? The crown of righteousness. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That is your destiny. Yes. That is who he has made you to be. Don't ever think you're not going to make it. Don't ever think you're going to be disqualified because you haven't fulfilled your calling. Don't exalt your calling above your destiny. It is your destiny that has been pre-planned. You have been chosen to be set before God as chosen, mature sons qualified. And you know the best news of it all is in Ephesians 1, it says that at at the culmination of the ages, Ephesians 2. God is going to show. Brother Hagen always used to say there was a woman who said God was going to put up a show, meaning an event. But God is going to show who? Us. Who believed? Who are placed as sons He is going to show us off. He's going to reveal us. For what purpose? To the praise of His glorious. What? Grace. Oh, hallelujah. Beautiful. Hallelujah. We are going to be displayed as the subject, as the object, as the placement to the praise of His glorious grace. 
for ages and ages and eternities to come and dispensations to come. We have been chosen in Christ Jesus. That is our identity. Revel in that. Walk in the revelation of that. Make it your own. Thank Him every single day. Say, Daddy, thank you. I belong to you. Amen. Amen. Don't try and be perfect out of your own effort. Just learn and study what He has given you. Make that your own. Live that. Thank Him for it. Tell yourself, I am the righteousness of God. Thank you, Father, that you made me righteous. Thank you that you accept me. Thank you, Daddy, that I can say, Daddy, thank you that you know everything about me. You know I shouldn't have said that. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done that. And you repent and you turn around, but you stay. You hang on to your Daddy. You hang on to your destiny. You keep on going because your status is in Him. That is who you are. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And I said, ring a ding a ding a ding. It's beautiful. Amen. Amen. So, hallelujah. Do we not have a wonderful evening? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Glorious. Place the sun. Oh, I'm just so excited. <laughs> I mean, aren't you, aren't you just so excited by it? Just the, the whole thought of it. It's just so beautiful. It's so amazingly beautiful. You can't, I so you can't really not say anything. <laughs> it's so fabulous. It is. It's so I fabulous. I sometimes just sit. Mm. Oh, mm. I, I don't even have the words to express it. <laughs> you can never miss this. It's like drinking good champagne. It's, like, it's, like, it's just so beautiful. How can you not be so excited by the fact that, that this is real? That it's not just theology, it's not just something we read in a book, it's actual real life to us. Exactly. This is life to us, isn't yeah. it? And this is what we need to hear. Yeah. This is the wine that we need yeah. to drink. Yes. This, yeah. is, this is but the Holy Spirit. We need to be full of this. We need to eat this bread. Yeah. We need to drink yes. this wine. We need to be full yeah. of Him. That wherever yeah. we go, that is yeah. what comes out. That's we right. need to be full yeah. of the Word and yeah. full of His Spirit. Yeah. You know, that, that is who we are. Yeah. We are like Jesus. Glory. We are like Jesus. Do we behave like him always? No. But but does it matter? No. As long as we repent, as long as we're in fellowship with him, as long as he is the preeminent one in our lives. Amen. Amen. It is not something that we have to do. We are forgiven. Does that give you a license to go out and do anything? No. Absolutely no. not. Because if you know this, why would you want to do this? You've got the best. If you've got the best, why do you want yeah. to do second yeah. best? Yeah. I mean, you don't understand that the fact the Bible says that if you go out and deliberately sin, you're not under grace but under law. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because then sin has dominion over you. Right. Mm. So get under grace. Yes. Yeah. And begin to live <laughs> who you really yeah. are. Abundant, 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 abundant
Lavish. Isn't that a wonderful yeah. word? It sounds so luxurious. Lavish. Lavish. His grace upon us. Forgiving us, redeeming us, making us to be like Jesus. What an inheritance. What an inheritance. We are so blessed. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. What else can we need? What can we desire except to say thank you? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't we just thank you now? Yeah.